Welcome to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. I'm your host, Chris Carter, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver. And today, I'm talking to Cleveland Browns wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. The Louisiana native was drafted in the second round of the 2014 draft by the Miami Dolphins, where he went on to break the Dolphins' rookie reception record with 84 catches. Landry was later traded to the Cleveland Browns in 2018, where he made a name for himself, helping that franchise turn around from an 0-16 season. The six-time Pro Bowler earned himself a Cleveland Browns Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for his outstanding performance on and off the field with his charitable involvement with Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, amongst many others. Stay tuned for my interview with Jarvis Juice Landry. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Today, I'm talking to Cleveland Browns superstar wide receiver Jarvis Juice Landry. Juice, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. No, no, I had to have you. If I'm going to have a wide receiver podcast, you know, because to me, wide receivers are are like putting together a basketball team. You can't have all point guards. You can't all have all big guys. You got to have a little something in between. And, uh, you know, I know a lot about your story. I've been covering your whole career, followed you a lot in college. So I like the way, the energy that you bring to the game. I'm going to take you back to more about the beginning, though, because you came from some very, very humble beginnings. And given the, the storms and everything that we have and, and the prayers we have going out for the people in the state of Louisiana and Mississippi, you've been through some of those storms. But tell me how you develop your overall sports character. Because at a young age, from things that I've read about, you talked about being a pro when you were very, very young. Yeah, I think that that was just my mindset early on. You know, I had great examples, you know, that a lot of guys that I looked up to, yourself included, you know, and um, I think for me, that was just one of my goals. Probably was really, honestly, the only goal, you know, um, was to be a pro. Um, and I, I kind of carried myself that way. Um, I, I continued to believe in myself. I had a great support system. My mom was always a part of my, my journey. My, my brother, mm-hmm. um, always a part of my journey. The right type of coaches at the right times, you know, the right um, second chances at the right times, you know, all, all of those things. Um Along this but way. you grew up a lot like me, though. Your mom was a single parent. And sometimes when you're a single parent trying to raise youngsters, you know, you need a little help. You know, I know my mom needed help along the way. But it seems like when she needed help, you had people, a coach that you mentioned and and, and even some other family members that, that stepped in um, when your mom needed just a little bit of assistance. Yeah, absolutely. My 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 uncle... My uncle was very instrumental in, you know, who I am today, even at, even in this, you know, this this day and age, being 28 years old. Um, he passed away when I was 14, 13, 14 years old. And um, he was very instrumental in, you know, the type of player that I am, the type of man that I am. Um, and, and, he, and his death also, like, you know, again, part of the journey, part of the story that kind of uh, motivated me, you know, and took me took it to another level about the things that I wanted to accomplish and who I wanted to be um, on the field and, and as a man. There's a lot of wide receivers come from the state of Louisiana. 
especially from from LSU. I mean, how do you guys keep duplicating all these kids? I want to be a pro. I want to be a pro and I want to be a pro. And I know for you and OBJ, because he's one of your best friends, but you guys have been friends for how long? Like 11 years, 12 years. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought you guys met in high school because yeah. I remember seeing some videos of you guys on YouTube doing some stupid catches and everything. You remember that? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's when I first got exposed to you because you guys were doing before it was, you know, before it was really, really mainstream. Like you guys were doing exotic catches, one hand, um, distracting each other. Uh, where, where did that come about? And to me, that's why you have some of the best hands that we have in the NFL, that training and that jugs machine training. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of that just came from just wanting to be great. I think, you know, our relationship, that's how it started. You know, it started of, you know, hearing a story about this other guy that's in Louisiana that plays receiver, <laughs> you know, and we both kind of got the same story from about each other until we finally met each other. And, and it wasn't like, okay, their their button heads are because they're completely mm -hmm. the opposite, you know. But in the actuality, we realized that we were the same. We just wanted to be great. We just wanted to make any and every play that came our way. And when we got to college, we realized that, man, if we put the work in, we can be as 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 good as anybody, as great as anybody. And I think that that was something that was extremely important in our development and getting on the drugs, breaking into the facility, making sure that. You know, we, we getting our catches in, you know, challenging each other that when situations came into the game, it was it was easy. You know, we talked about the other day when he made the one handed catch uh, out of New York, you know, and everybody's like, this is the greatest catch I've ever seen. But I've seen him do wilder things than that. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So um, that's just, you know, a part of you know, our history and a part of the, the work that we put in throughout, the, throughout this point. Now, if I fast forward all the way to 2021. I know I'm missing over some stuff, but how excited. Cleveland hadn't been doing any media. They won their first playoff game since the early 90s. Smashed Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last year. OBJ wasn't even there. But you were the heartbeat and the soul of the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people would even say that you were responsible for getting them that 2018 season, you know, turned around. Um, by the whole mentality that you brought uh, to the locker room. How excited are you about Cleveland Browns football right now? Man, I, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm so blessed to be here, honestly. You know, uh, again. I mean, y'all got a stacked team, bro. <laughs> I mean, y'all got a squad. It's the best team, your LSU team, um, your sophomore year that, yeah. that went to the national championship that, that lost to Bama. But this is the best team. No Miami teams. No Cleveland. The last two years. No, yeah. bro. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to hear it, Jarvis. But you know. But you know. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. And you're absolutely right. But you know as well as I know in this league, you know, paper mm -hmm. doesn't win games. You know how you look on paper doesn't win games, and it's a lot more that goes into the, you know the, the chemistry and the trust that you have in in the locker room and throughout the building, throughout the organization that, that plays a extremely huge part in the success of, of your team throughout the year. Um, but like I say, I'm, I'm blessed to be here, man. I'm excited mm -hmm. about this season. I think being able to have a healthy, healthy guys back, you know, um, being in a system for more than one year, 
you know, I, since I've been mm-hmm. here, I, I've had a different coach every year, you know? Right. So, um, Baker has had a different offense every year, you know? So, um, believe it or not, you know, that's, that's very tough. It's tough. It's tough. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm happy that we are in the same system. I'm happy that we got guys back healthy and, um, I'm excited about the season. How are you continuing to embrace the leadership role? Because even at LSU as a young player, you were a leader there, outspoken. In Miami, immediately you became a leader there. And in Cleveland, you're one of the old heads now. I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you almost 30. And, <laughs> and, and y'all got some strong personalities in, yeah. in the locker room. So yeah. a lot of this, and I know you've been there behind the scenes. Miles Garrett, when he struggled, um, you were there for him. OBJ, throughout his career, when he struggled. You've been there for him. Mm-hmm. What makes you the calming force be- behind all these personalities? You know, I wouldn't say I'm more, more or less the, 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 the common force. I think that for me, I, I understand that leadership is always evolving, you know, and I understand mm-hmm. that, you know, when I first got here in 2018, the culture was way different. And it demanded, you know, uh, uh, a vocal leader. It demanded, you know, the type of presence that, you know, can shift the culture, that can change your culture, that can weed mm-hmm. out the guys that really aren't about football, aren't about winning, aren't about making plays. And I think now that we have that culture changed and we have the right type of guys in the building that's about winning, that's about trust, that's about team, I think, you know, now it's not so much vocally, you know, it's about mm-hmm. just going out there by example each and every day. And, you know, I can trust these guys that, that I'm playing with now. You know, I, I can look to my left and look to my right and, and know that I can trust those guys and um, that they're doing everything all on the field mm-hmm. and off the field to make sure that we can go out there and have a chance to win on, on game days. The head coach, Stepnowski, he said that he's not really doing a whole bunch of interviews and everything leading up to the 21 season. Um, I've talked to OBJ um, a number of times throughout the offseason, and he's been laser-like focused. Um, I even had a couple things that I was doing that he could have been a part of. He was like, hey, AOG, I'm going to sit out. Uh, I really don't want to generate any publicity. So for me, those are the types of things trying to create that championship atmosphere um, that we haven't seen in Cleveland in, in the last 20 years. Right. And that's important. You know, that's important. I think every guy is 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 them themselves and. Um, you know, choosing to make the decision to um, do what they need to do to make sure that they can be there for the team or do what they need to do to make sure that their mindset is right for the team, you know. And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, Coach Chad O'Shea, who um, was a, is a long Patriot, long life, long Patriot, you know, he played, he coached for the Patriots, won four Super Bowls, you know, and that was one of the things that he talked about. And one of the things that he mm-hmm. brought into our room was, you know, they talk about the Patriots way. And I've always heard that even when I was in Miami, I've always heard the Patriot way, the Patriot way. And, you know, one of the things he always talked about was like, you know, it's about the team. You know, the individual stuff will come, you know, mm-hmm. when you have great players, they're going to make plays and that will come. But if you always put the team first, I think, you know, we have a great chance of winning a championship. And I think, now the mindset of around all of that, it's, 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 it's there. I, I remember talking about mindset. I remember watching the video of you and you challenging your teammates um, before practice and even potentially threatening them. Um, that's some of the things that we know it goes on in the National Football League. 
and and you even probably heard about it. But what inspired you to be able to address your teammates and feel comfortable enough that your coaches were going to back you, the front office was going to back you? Because those are hard words that you say. And it is tough being a leader, but everyone doesn't want to lead that type of way. Maybe take me back on that speech and what was going on inside the locker room and the culture that you felt like you had to put your foot down. It wasn't so much for me. It wasn't so much about like trying to give a speech, you know, I, my whole life. And I'm sure you understand this. Like, you know, it's really always about your mindset. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of times it's about your mindset. And um, I just felt like th- that wasn't there. You know, I felt like that wasn't there. I felt like no one really was in, trying to enforce it. And I felt like it wasn't something that people talked about. You know, I felt like at the time of being here, it was something that people whispered about, about this guy, about that guy. Like, oh, you know, and it was like, for me, it's like, well, why don't you just tell them like, hey, I need you to toughen up a little bit. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, right. be honest. And I think, you know, I didn't want it to come off as like a speech. I didn't, I, my mom is still mad at me to this day for cursing so much, <laughs> but, but like, you know, I was really just being honest, you know, uh, about reflecting on like how I, I approach the game, approach practice and mm-hmm. hoping that that mindset, um, you know, trickle through the room. I know you're a huge student of the game. I know that you're a historian of the game. Give me some guys that are currently playing the game that when you go to break down film, you have to see this guy. Give, give me several guys and what are some of the things uh, that, that, that you like about. Like when I played, I used to always watch Mike Irvin and watch his releases. I used to all, I love his physicality. Jerry Rice, I used to always watch his eyes when he caught the football because he used to always look for an escape route to try to get yards after the catch. Give me some of the guys that you have a great deal of respect for because I know you study the game. Oh, man. Uh, Devontae Adams releases. Um, Keenan Allen releases. And just the way that he maneuver in the slot, I think those two guys, uh, are, as soon as I turn the film on, you know, uh, if I had to look at two guys, those are two guys that, mm-hmm. you know, I would like to, you know, play similarly to or learn from or take some things, bits and pieces out of the games. Obviously, I'm fortunate enough to see Odell every day, you know, so there's mm-hmm. so many things that he's constantly teaching me. There's so many things release wise, um, body position wise. Um, you know, route efficiency far as top of the routes, just getting in and out of breaks. I think he does that as well as anybody in the league, you know. So um, those are three guys far as just, you know, body size, you know, skill set. You know, I, I, I try to watch and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mimic as much as possible for my own let's, flavors, of course. Yeah. Let's talk about quarterbacks. And you truly have, not a mystery one, you truly have one of the best ones in the league in Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Give us some of the things that you have seen. Because I saw Baker when he put the stake in Ohio State in in the middle of the field. I was at that game. (laughs) And I, I went over and talked to Baker and told him I respect the way he played the game. And I thought that he had a chance to be a star um, in the NFL. Let's talk about your quarterback and let's talk about his growth and his arm talent, because I believe he's top 10 arm talent in the NFL also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he's he's constantly improving. You know, I'm excited about his 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 future, his journey. Obviously, you know, again, like I, we spoke about earlier, this is his first time really in a 
the same system since he's been in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what, you know, he's going to be put, putting together and um, happy to be a part of it. I think um, for the most part, man, he, he's led us well. You know, he continues to lead us. Um, he's, you know, whether it's, you know, him taking us aside in, in practice or some things off the field or whether it's even just calling a, you know, an offensive meeting, you know, and just addressing, you know, hey, listen, this is what the standard is here. You know, we're, we're not going to go below this standard. Um, you know, hold each other accountable. Hold me accountable. I want my teammates to mm-hmm. hold me accountable. You know, and that's always something you want to hear from, you know, your leader, from your quarterback. I know you've spent some time now in Northeast Ohio. The, the people there are different. Uh, <laughs> they love their football. Um, and even though I'm, I'm recording in South Florida, you know, and I live in South Florida, you do realize I, I sleep in Canton. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's cold right now. <laughs> That's cold right now. So, so no matter where we might be in the world, as far as those 352 gold jackets, we always uh, sleep um, there in Canton. What would it mean to that region? And you come from a strong region in Louisiana, strong about their football. What would it mean for that region to have a strong playoff run or to bring a championship uh, to Cleveland? It would mean everything. It's, it's, it's what this city has been craving for for a long time, you know, and um, especially out of, out of that football. You know, this mm-hmm. is a sports town. This is um, since I've gotten here, since the day I've gotten here, um, I realize how, how much sports and the Cleveland Browns mean to um, this this state, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this region. So um, it will it will mean everything, man. It will mean everything. Have you visualized that? Have you seen it happening? Have you seen yourself winning the division, getting a bye week, playing at home, all roads in the AFC don't lead through New England anymore with your coach Chad O'Shea. Say, hey, man, why can't it come right here through Cleveland? Because you do have that type of roster and that type of talent. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think for me, it, it's something that is definitely real. You know, it's something that um, I know the guys in this building are not just talking about, but they also putting in the work towards it. You know what I mean? And that's something that makes that feeling that much more real. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and, um, it's definitely something that, that, again, that's thought about, that's talked about, um, and very possible, like you say. First of all, losing sucks. And when we come from the schools we come from, when you get to the league, it's hard to understand, like some of these guys accept losing <laughs> and it becomes very frustrating to me. I wasn't very, very nice to my teammates because I, I didn't think that they wanted to win the way I was taught to win. Yeah. And that was something I had to overcome early in my career. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, I think I think I think I've matured in the sense of, of that. And I still don't handle losing well, you know, and, I, and I, I still don't I still don't like guys that handle losing well. You know, I mean, it is what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I train to be a champion. I train to win, I, you know, all of these things, you know, um, um, and I feel like. With me, now that I've matured a little bit, um, to be able to understand that, you know, hey, maybe it is a long season or, hey, there's a lot of other things that go into it, a lot of different um, elements that go into it. You know, I, I don't think there's any part of um, my career that I, I regret or mm-hmm. 
that I wish I could change, you know, because everything happened for a reason. Every, it already happened, you know, and um, it's made me who I am. It's made me appreciate the things that um, I have and the things that I go through. But I, I don't know if there's I, exactly something that I uh, mm-hmm. would change. We talk about legacy. And as much as you've looked up to great players in the past, even myself, I do appreciate that compliment. You got two people that are really looking up to you. You're a father. You got a son. You got a daughter. Tell me what it really means to you to be able to raise them the way you're raising them. First generation money. And what it means to you to be a stand up guy and to be able to provide for them a lifestyle that that we didn't have as, as young people. I think it's the greatest thing that I could ever do. Um, it's just, it's, it's being a father, um, for, for, for so long, I held on to a lot of what I didn't have far as like a father figure and, 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 you know, and it's tough, you know, and a lot of people go through that, but, you know, um, I think now being a father, um, and having two people that, you know, I, I would do anything for, I would give up anything for, um, and that love that is unspeakable, you know, and I think that that's part of me that I want to be known for the most is, mm-hmm. is, is, is a dad, not a football player, not a team, not a great teammate, to, you know, a dad first, you know, and, um, that's something that's very important to me. Uh, you can tell it's very important to you. Also, your charitable work. Voted Walter Payton recipient for the Browns. Um, I am a former Walter Payton award winner, the first award winner in, in 1999. Um, I received that. It's the until I got into the Hall of Fame. It was the most prestigious thing um, that was bestowed upon me. What does it mean to you to be involved in the community? You were involved in Miami when you were there. You were involved in LSU and continue to be. And then now in Cleveland, that you have a passion to be able to give back. And where does that come from? Uh, that honestly, that just came from from my childhood. You know, my childhood was um, pretty much like being able to not see a professional athlete, able to not have somebody come into my community. And that was one of the things that I promised myself that I would do, you know, because I know mm-hmm. what it's like, you know, and um, to have an opportunity to every place that I've played to make sure that I'm in the community, to make sure that I'm involved in, you know, youth programs, um, that I started off my foundation, that I'm raising money um, for, for causes or for relief, you know, hurricane relief funds and things like that. It's, it's, it's important because there's so many people out there that, that need that needs help. Um, and, you know, frankly, we have the means to do it. So um, it's I enjoy it. Um, I know something that's near and dear to your heart, and that's the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. How did you get involved in that? I think it was brought to your attention through a relationship that you had through high school. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was dating Maya Zimmer um, and um, she I, I had no idea, at, you know, what this um, what, what cystic fibrosis was. Um, and, you know, over the, over the years of us dating and even now I'm continuing to educate myself, um, and, and learning more and, um, raising money. And, um, unfortunately she's passed, she's passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, that was one of the things as well that I promised myself, I promised her that I would 
always try to continue to raise awareness until CF stands for Cure Found. I always have to get to the question with wide receivers, why they play the position. And do they enjoy the position now more than ever, given that coaches are more wide receiver friendly? Why did you play the position? Because you could have played a lot of positions. I've seen you throw the ball. You got a nice little lefty little toss, little mm-hmm. tight spiral. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. I, honestly, it came from, believe it or not, my brother's favorite receiver, well, my uncle's favorite receiver was you and Jerry Rice. Right. Come on, man. You don't you don't have to do listen that. Listen to man. me. Listen to me. Listen <laughs> to me. And what number did you guys wear? Eight zero. My brother wore 80 as well. And I wanted to be like him. And so that trickled all the way down to me. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to wear 80. I've, initially, when I started playing the game, I was a defensive back. Mm. But. When I, as I continue to dig into why my brother wore 80, who is my uncle's favorite player, which goes all the way back to, you know, my uncle was like my father figure. He was everything. He's the reason why I played the game. Mm-hmm. You guys were his favorite receivers. And that was the only way I felt like I could, I don't know, like honor him in a sense, you know, putting that number on, playing receiver and learning really about you guys and, and following my brother footsteps. Right. This is not my first conversation with you. So some of that I, I did know. And and I'm always flattered, um, especially by a generation of players. Um, because Jerry Rice is my favorite player. And there's no one that studied Jerry Rice more than me. When you talk about having him as an example, route runner, all those things of the wide receiver um, that you want him to do. Jerry Rice is the benchmark um, for that. But the wide receiver position is so much fun. And I think it fits your personality more so than any other on the field. And that's what helped gravitate you to the position. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, like I say, my my natural, my natural position was was defensive back, safety, linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> I just naturally my aggression over the years just came from just tackling people. Um, but just And so I've ha- seen you tackle some guys on some interceptions, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you coming after him. I enjoy that. I, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I wish we could still keep the ball, but like I, I enjoy running after a guy to tackle him because that's my only chance I get. But at the same time, you know, like I just was able to catch the ball so well that it was like, why? Why wouldn't he play offense? Um, and again, like trying to follow in my brother's footsteps and things like that. And it, it led me this way. And I'm grateful for it. I'm forever grateful that, that not only playing the National Football League, but to be able to meet the next generation of superstars like yourself. We believe that we've passed the torch on and you guys are exceedingly better than we ever um, expected. For any young wide receiver out there that was dreaming about being in the NFL, a lot like you did. I grew up without a father, seven kids. My mom raised us. What words of inspiration would you have for them? And how good is it once you do make it into the NFL compared to even the dreams you have of playing in the NFL? I think if I had to say anything to the, the young generation of receivers, I'd probably just say, man, like, you know, stay true to yourself, always work hard, always keep God first. Um, you know, don't let nobody label you, you know, for so long. I'm a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver. He's a slot mm-hmm. receiver. You know, um, you know, continue to try to get better. Continue to be intentional about the things that you want to accomplish, you know, and 
the things that don't align with that, then you got to exclude them, you know, um, from, from your process and from your journey. Um, and then as far as actually making it here, man, I think it, it's, it's fun man, and it's a blessing. You know, I, I honestly, Chris, I mean, people maybe, think college was fun. Yeah. Yeah. College but they fun. got no clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. College is fun. College is, college fun. is fun. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fun. But, you know, the freedoms of it all come when you when you really get to the NFL, when you're when you're a pro, you know, the freedoms of it all. You know, all but right. I think I think, you know, like you like I was going to say, like probably for you too, like football is really the only thing that I knew how to do for a long time, you know, and 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 um uh, the only thing because it was the only thing that I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. making it to the league and was beyond my wildest dreams, you know, but even now to this day, I don't take it for granted. You know, I, I still work like I was a rookie. I still treat it like I was a rookie, mm-hmm. even though I have more things to show for it. Even though I have had success, I still feel like I've done nothing. I still feel like I've proven nothing. I still feel like there's room to grow and go and places to go for me. So I think after I'm done and I'm sleeping in Canton with you one of, the, one of these days. Um, <laughs> right, you keep putting a few more of them Pro Bowls together. The team going a good playoff run and, and rat a tat tat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think I think then 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 you know I'll look back and and I, I really you know I really feel like I I, I think really enjoy my time in, in the NFL being a pro. We we have to thank you. That's my timer. I'm all about being on time. I greatly appreciate you spending time with me. I greatly appreciate what you're doing for the game. I appreciate the love for Louisiana. We pray for the people down there that they might recover from this big storm. But more importantly, to the younger generation of wide receivers, I appreciate you putting it out there. Absolutely. Hard work. Be yourself. Don't, don't, don't be put into a box. And, and you could do it for all the football fans out there, wide receivers, fans, world class human being on and off the field. Jarvis Landry, thanks for joining me on wide receiver one. God bless you and have a safe season. Thank you, Chris. God bless. You. Quick question. Yep. Like, I, f- first of all, I'll give some context and, and I got a little mm-hmm. time if you have a little time. Yes. Um, Like I was talking to Chad O'Shea, who's he won Super Bowls. He's coach Randy Moss. Um, before, you know, like great receivers and things like that. Right. And I, what, one thing that I realized, it was a point in my career where I was cu- not uptight to coaching, but like, I felt like I'm the guy, like, you know what I mean? I felt like it wasn't so much that my receiver coach could teach me, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I kind of, and now I'm at a point where like in year eight, year nine, as I'm growing, as I've matured, like where I'm at a point where it's like, I have to have that level of openness to be able to receive coaching, to be able to get criticized because mm-hmm. that's how I grow in my position. That's how I become, you know, from good to elite. That's how I continue to move forward. And I think like now going into year eight, is that starting to hit me? I want to know, like, what was your thought process, you know, toward whether it was the middle of your career, the end of your career or throughout mm-hmm. your career, something that you intentionally held on to that you continue to get better or you continue to be open to co- getting coached. You know what I mean? Like who's going to tell Chris Carter, like, like how to run a damn stop route. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like being right. like really like being open to, to trusting 
I guess, trusting the coach in a right. sense. Well, well, this is the thing. You're in the NFL. It's the absolute best coaches in the world. There ain't, there ain't no better coaches than are in the NFL. Now, when you get into some of the position coaches and you've been spoiled, I'm going to tell you the truth. When you have the type of coaching you had in college, sometimes it's hard to get better than that as you mature as a route runner and as a human being. And you and Odell have had a very, very good wide receiver coach, um, you know, in college. So that gave you a leg up, but it also spoils you. So for me, Brian Billick, who won Super Bowl in Baltimore, he was my offensive coordinator, and Hubbard Alexander was my receiver coach. The biggest difference between me and you was I didn't have success in the league. You know, I struggled off the field with addiction, got cut. So I didn't make my first Pro Bowl until year seven. So I was just building the monster at year seven. So I would come in training camp like I'm getting all the reps. I ain't letting nobody get any reps in me. And then scout team, if I feel like I'm not where I need to be, I'll go get some scout team reps and be the number one receiver for the scout team. But the thing that becomes very, very important is, is that you need to sit down with your coaches and you need to tell them, man, I need you to ride me. I need you to ride me like a horse, man. If the ball touched my fingertips, I want you to mark me a minus. When the team ain't playing bad, I want you to come into the meeting and rip my rip my ass apart. Like you can do that. Like I want you to feel like you can coach me because if you can't coach me, don't be here. Like ain't no need for you to be here. Like I need you to grind me. I know I won't like it, but I know I need it. And when you do that privately and, and you and you give them the consent to go beyond what your accolades are, and touch to the heart of the guy. And that's, man, I want to get better. Like, I want to be the best one. Um, like Martin Luther King said, if you're going to run routes, you might as well run them like Michelangelo. You might as well, like, like, you're, like you're painting the 16th chapel. Right. So for me, foot placement, inside 15% to be able to get my hips open, all those things, hand placement. When you and Odell get to the top of y'all break, Y'all drop y'all's hands and let the defense know, I'm getting ready to stop. Right. So getting back on that arm action at the top, even though my body gets quiet, my arm action gets busy to keep the defenders off of me. Are my breaks, am I breaking downhill? Am I catching the ball away from my body? Totally extended. Like, and then at the end of the day, man, man, you signed that contract. And every day you need to make sure the motherfuckers is paying you that money, man. Am I worth this? Every day you go out there, man. Why you work so hard to make sure these people know I'm worth the money, man. I'm worth the price of admission. And then one time, this would be my last thing. Brian Billick asked me in the game, Chris, what are you thinking about? I said right now that you are a damn fool if you don't throw me the ball. (laughs) Facts. And I stopped from being a young receiver complaining to understanding and talking a coach's language. And so that coach could respect that. So he would know that I was trying to build this thing with him, even though the house is already built when he got there. Right. Every once in a while, man, you got to change the curtains. Every once in a while, you got to get new pillows on the couch. Every once in a while, you got to get new bar stools. 
Man, you need to lock yourself in the room with that dude, man. Tell me, I, I demand you teach me, man. I demand you teach me and bring out the best in me. And I believe that he'll do that and he'll he'll respect that. When he got Randy Moss, Randy Moss was broken. I talked to Randy Moss the day before he left to go to New England. I told him he had to change his mindset and he had to get back into the hungry dog that arrived in South Florida when them 20 teams went over him. And I said, you go and you show Belichick that hungry dog. Not the fat and happy dog, a hungry dog. And long as Jarvis Landry stays a hungry dog, he's going to keep playing, keep mentoring people, keep doing good on and off the field. That's the circle of life, man. Man, I appreciate that, man. I'm telling you, I, I really do appreciate that. Beyond words, for real. I really do appreciate that. No, man, I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it. Continue the legacy, man. Special thanks to Jarvis Landry. And thanks for listening to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Catch you next week.